0: Uh, Stupid
1: advertising, it is the bane of all
0: Ladies, gentlemen, munchlaxers, non-binaries Everything else that I haven't mentioned in some way or another I've gathered you here for a very important mission The project lead is these three munchlaxers standing on top of one another In the elaborate guise of a human woman We call them Fox Lee
1: Fox has entered, office keep Fox has captured, office keep
0: the mysterious voice from on north you hear is our coordinator and subject management department, otherwise known as Jeb Wrench.
2: Look, this is going to revolutionize the Department
0: of Management. And I, well, I'm just doing the best I can, and can in this crazy old mixed up world. I'm Talon Lee.
1: So, hey, how y'all doing? He was holding his fingers like he had a little stubby cigarette. <laughs> Is that how people hold their finger? Was helping go? him get into character. Is that how people do that? I don't know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't do with the drugs
1: between a thumb and forefinger. Usually, yes.
2: Okay, that, uh, that depends on the type of type of substance being imbibed.
0: <laughs> and you and you hold up the pinky finger when you actually draw, right? That's that's proper formality. No,
1: if you're a British lady, yes. <laughs>
0: well. Genetically you're speaking, smoking tea. Genetically speaking, I am, you know, roughly 30% British lady, so, you know.
1: <laughs> I don't know what would happen if you smoked tea.
0: You'd probably be British. <laughs> it would just make you British.
2: Just turn British.
1: It's like lycanthropy.
0: Alright, so I'm just going to go out on a limb here and guess that I know what Fox is going to answer to this, so let's start with her. Hey Fox, what have you been playing?
1: Okay, it's Hyrule Warriors. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I was hanging on the edge of my seat.
1: I I was gonna make like there was something else I'd played, but uh, it, it was so yeah. the, the thought of Hyrule Warriors was so pervasive in my mind that I momentarily couldn't think of other video games. The
2: other ones? <laughs> I was playing uh, Hyrule Warriors.
0: Damn it! <laughs> <laughs>
1: exactly like that.
0: Wait, I was playing Hyrule Warriors. I was at the. Hyrule Warriors <laughs> door. Oh, god damn. Lying is hard.
1: Oh, that reminds me, Talon, we need to go and pick up some Hyrule uh, Warriors.
0: Yeah, so I don't know that much about Hyrule Warriors that I didn't know last week, except that that sound effect <laughs> does keep playing.
1: It says da-da-da-da-da. A lot. Yes, well. I don't have succeed pro- a lot. <laughs>
0: And really, isn't that what we want video games to let us do?
1: Yes, actually. That is almost always what we want video games to let us do.
0: Remind us that we succeed?
1: Yes. That is certainly what Warriors wants to do. <laughs> <laughs> succeed some more. Succeed a million times. <laughs> you
0: did a great job. Now do it again.
1: <laughs> Have you considered beating
0: up the bad guys over there now? <laughs>
1: Ooh, I hadn't, but now I'm going to. This is brilliant. (laughs) Yes, I've started playing Adventure Mode, which is like the main story mode, only a million times bigger.
2: Is that the one with the little, like, 16-bit map thing?
1: Yes, yes, it is. It basically has the Zelda 1 map. Ah. Um... And every square is a different little, you know, theme challenge kind of thing. Some of which are shit. I did come up against something really fucking frustrating, which is, if you haven't played the original Zelda, which I in fact haven't, working out what is supposed to be a boulder, or a tree, or a (laughs) rock, is really hard. So you waste a bunch of items going, that looks like it should be flammable. What the (laughs) fuck are those little blue things?
0: Really? Isn't that the lesson that video games have taught us all? That looks like it should be flammable.
1: (laughs) Something like that. Anyway, I worked it out eventually. It was just kind of interesting. (laughs) And just to to, uh,
0: spoil the audience, the listener, a little ahead of time, Sunset Overdrive's on sale. So, hey, Jeb, (laughs) what have you been playing?
1: Hero (laughs) Warriors.
2: I have been living the dream in the Awesome Apocalypse. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: Sunset Overdrive's really good.
1: <laughs> it's really
0: good. I think. I think the most amazing thing I've noticed about uh, Sunset Overdrive is it brings out the people who you never realized had played Jet Set Radio. <laughs>
1: Which, to be fair, has got to be most people, because, you, you know, the Dreamcast, not not a widely spread console. No.
0: And, and, hey, Jet Set Radio went to PC, and it's been distributed on Humble Stores as a really cheap indie game, so it has had a chance to be fairly widely distributed. Oh, sure, but, sure. Uh, but, I mean, everything about that game makes me slightly jealous of the Xbox. It, <laughs> it's doing its job. I,
2: I legitimately hope that it gets a PC port just so more of my friends can play it. Yeah.
1: yeah. Absolutely.
2: Like there's there's the obvious Jet Set Radio comparison because you're just you're kind of grinding everywhere, yeah. but um, <laughs> to draw an even more interesting or more uh, surprising comparison, it's like the Saints Row version of Ubisoft game.
1: <laughs> Holy shit! I thought Saints Row was the Saints Row version of Ubisoft. Wait, no, it's the Saints Row version of uh, GTA, right. a yeah. Rockstar game.
0: I I don't know if this went through to the final version of the game, but you could grab rails with a crowbar. Yes, and right. So, oh. so to me, what that is. Is someone watching Bioshock Infinite's best moments and going, <laughs> "You know, I reckon we could do that a bit better."
2: You can alternate between uh, grinding with, or between sliding with the crowbar and grinding. You flip up and up um, and down between the levels.
1: Play a character.
0: Customizable,
1: Sweet.
0: Really customizable. To the point that when Ubisoft made their gaffe on, oh, well, animating a woman is too hard, the guys were, well, the crew releasing Sunset Overdrive released a teaser trailer showing them having made female assassins in the Sunset Overdrive (laughs) engine. Like, the hood, the sash, the whole look, while carrying a gigantic banana gun. My my
2: current, uh, like, my current... Player, uh, she is. She has brightly colored two tone hair. Uh, she's wearing a big set of uh, headphones, and she has uh, the the vest and uh, shirt from a scout troop, which has gone futile
0: <laughs> <laughs> because that's the thing that happens in this game. So <laughs> it, it's, it's it's very pure video game, it, very. <laughs>
2: If the gameplay wasn't so much fun, I would say it kind of tries too hard, but just moving around in Sunset Overdrive is so much fun, it's a really easy to forgive a lot. Um there's a lot of lot of times where, like a third person shooter will you know, will kind of slag on, you wind yourself, you know, you kind of amble between or you kind of dash between cover to cover and you pop out and shoot things. That that doesn't do that. Cover is almost pointless in those sunset overdrive. Being on the ground is the worst thing impossible. One, the loading screen gives you a tip. It's uh, it's, uh, where's the where's the dash button, the sprint button? Grinding is your sprint button. There, you cannot you cannot run faster on the ground. So you have to Uh be bouncing on top of cars and off of like air vents and awnings and such, and grinding on rails and swinging on bars and constantly moving, or you're
0: going to get overwhelmed. To trot out the twenty cent word of the podcast, it has good kinesthetics.
1: This is the twenty cent word of the podcast.
0: Well, you make you'll the one you'll accuse me of making up.
1: Uh, I've, I've, I've heard, I've
0: heard uh, Eric yeah, use that. Oh, one. good. Yeah, well, yeah, it, it's it's a really good word for what it is, and it seems that Sunset Overdrive has the good kinesthetics that say Ubisoft game really doesn't. I
1: thought Ubisoft game did, and that was why people still kept playing it, even though they keep cluttering it up with all kinds of bullshit.
0: I I personally feel that Ubisoft game has adequate kinesthetics. It hasn't had really good kinesthetics for what it's trying to do since Assassin's Creed. Assassin's Creed 2. And this is better than that. Uh, By the way, listener, just to clarify for your sake, kinesthetics is the feel of play. Basically, it's when the way that the game plays when you're using it feels good. Or at least feels consistent with itself. Like, for example, the slow, plodding movement in Dark Souls is part of that game's kinesthetics.
2: And, like, Gears of
0: War 2. Anyway. Yeah, Gears of War 2. Yo, that, that game does an amazing job of making you feel like an ape in a fridge. It
2: does what it sets out to do. And so does Sunset Overdrive. Sunset Overdrive also doesn't care if you're grinding uphill. <laughs> because it's a video game.
1: Because fuck gravity, that's why. It- Remind
2: it's it's a game uh, it's a game with stuff. uh with you know like parkour you know you can run on walls you can swing on on bars and stuff like that but it doesn't care about gravity so um you can wall run until you run out of wall
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: you get an air dash
1: uh, really, that sounds like my kind of parkour. you get an air
2: dash
0: I I
1: think it was this is the best Sonic game to not feature it, Sonic characters. it really would no, be a
0: planet, it, but, it really yeah. would be a great 3D Sonic game. Oh, God, and it's got character customization, which is basically what Sonic has been needing all this time.
1: <laughs> oh, God, I never thought about that. If they make customizable avatars in a Sonic game, they would, they would still sell a horrifying amount of copies despite everything Sonic is these days. I would
0: be able to find, within a day of that um, game coming out, whole roleplay communities of people using those avatars to fuck.
1: Yeah, that's what they do in the game.
0: Yeah, true, true.
1: Like, if there was any online connectivity at all.
0: That's that's also true. Uh, so, Sunset Overdrive, definitely good. It's currently on sale for... It's uh, $30, $30 Canadian.
2: Uh, I don't think until the end of the month. I think until, like, Tuesday on the Xbox One.
0: Ooh. That's pretty good. Well, get on it fast. This podcast is going up on a Sunday morning <laughs> for most of the American audiences
2: but uh, it's it's since it's on the Xbox 1 uh, if you if our listener has an Xbox 1 they will already have seen the advertisements for it because they have been proudly saying you know this game is on sale and you can try it for free <laughs>
1: <laughs> they would really like you to have an Xbox 1 wouldn't they
2: yep well no i mean it's just like if you have the, uh... an Xbox 1 the the there's a there's a panel right there for try uh try Sunset Overdrive for free right now
0: is it particularly obtrusive this panel it's
2: Beside the, uh it's beside the insert disc panel. It's just a, right. you know, your mileage may got to vary. Remember,
0: Xbox One is the Xbox One is to us as the uh, the Wii is to you. Uh,
1: we we've never you? seen one in the. Wa- Did somebody say Wii U?
0: Yes, the Wii U on which you play Hyrule Warriors and some other games, I suppose.
1: <laughs> I. Actually, I, I was gonna say that that would be annoyingly obtrusive advertising, but that's pretty much what they Wii used doing anyway. They've replaced the, the actual home screen with the tiles appears on the gamepad, and what's actually on the TV screen is just, like, a, a bunch of me's milling around the most popular games, talking about shit in random languages, like, it, it's stuff people have posted that just, you know, happens to relate to things they'd like to convince you to buy.
0: Just just happens to. Oh,
1: look, it, it's the cute little community things. It's not at all blatant <laughs> advertising.
0: The Wii U, and therefore the Mii Universe, is nearing on two solid years of moderated existence. That means that there is probably out there somewhere someone whose resume reads two-year block of <laughs> going, that's dick. <laughs>
1: Yeah, two-year stint of removing dick pics from Miiverse. Yeah. And, and you know, dick drawings, at least. They have to oh, be yeah. somewhat creative about it. Yep. you got to really want it to, to put dicks onto Nintendo's network.
0: Yeah, and, and all for just the pleasure of having it just quietly go poof in a few
1: minutes. Actually, what I really admire is the people who carefully craft Miis that look like <laughs> penises. Because you can do it if you try really hard. But you have to try really hard. It's sort of legitimately, uh Well, you 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 really put the effort into that. That I I salute your little penis, man, sir. So. The
0: thing that the thing that amuses me about that, in hindsight, is that it like it, this won't happen because it's a Nintendo product, and Nintendo are very good at controlling their identity. But if this was a Sony product, when the fuck when the time came to start laying off people, the first people laid off are going to be the dedicated dick finders. In which case, suddenly that place would explode into a palace of cocks.
1: Coincidentally, a dedicated dick finder is my OK Cupid profile. <laughs> That's what we call a callback. <laughs> but it was until I changed it <laughs> to Palace of Cocks. Speaking of dicks, mm. <laughs> you
2: know how in uh, most shooters your first weapon is a pistol? This is not the case yeah. in Sunset Overdrive. It's your
1: first weapon? It's
2: a shotgun, which is uh, basically a, uh, a flaming dick gun. <laughs> It's it's a, it's a cock and ball shotgun. With...
1: You're saying it's it's painted? To no, light, it is a cock and, and balls.
2: Whistle. I mean, it's got two large balls at the right by the trigger, <laughs> and it's called the flaming compensator. And that's your first gun.
0: So I... there's incentive to get a better gun. <laughs> it's a really good gun. The,
1: which there isn't. <laughs> so yeah, no, you know this is this is it, it's a good noob weapon. So there is an incentive to get rid of it. But it's still desirable if you can put up with that. <laughs> See, I think that's kind of masterful.
0: This is just a way in which they're making people who are comfortable with penises have an unfair advantage in this. Wait, Sunset Overdrive doesn't. No, have it a has multiplayer. Doesn't.
1: Doesn't it? It's it's a co-op <gasps> game. Co-op only. Hell <laughs> yes. Damn, this better get a PC port. This will be the first third person shooter I'm interested in actually playing. Sorry, I still haven't played Dune. I have a- it's still shrink wrapped. It's not Hyrule Warriors. Hello? This game has children and squids and ink guns and it looks cute, but it has neither Hyrule nor Warriors. I out. I love that
0: Hyrule Warriors is the game where I walked into randomly the- the den and just heard you saying, you know, they made the fish girl hot this time. <laughs>
1: I think you'll find what I said was even Ruta came out of this well.
2: Um,
0: <laughs> Just going to let that hang in the air for a minute then.
1: It did not call her hot.
2: It actually allows you a bunch of different ways to play, like in terms of the shooting, mm-hmm. because there are so many different guns. This is from, from Insomniac, so they know how to make really wild weapons. But the thing... The, the
1: oh, is there a melee? On? You have a crowbar. The crowbar.
2: You have All a crowbar right. which you can upgrade to shoot fireballs, but only after you've garnered enough style points. And you get style points I am so you get style in. points by grinding <laughs> and bouncing and keeping moving while you're fighting. And while you're grinding, you can swing your crowbar at the enemies that are trying to get to you. Yes. Um the uh right. the but the,
1: the, I'm fond of any shooter in which I can run around strictly with a melee weapon.
2: <laughs> um, the, the various guns you can get, there are single shot things like the like the, the the shot the penis gun and the the pistol you get, which is called the Dirty Harry. It is a very big gun that shoots very big bullets at very high speeds.
0: Please tell me it has six shots. Uh,
2: this game doesn't have reloading. It's video game. <laughs> you oh, just keep yeah. shooting until you run out of bullets, <laughs> and there's a lot of bullets that you pick up as you kill things. Gate doesn't yes. want you to stop shooting. <laughs> um, but there's also uh, like the one I want to say the third gun you get is a, or maybe the second gun you get is a fully automatic um, record launcher, as in final records. Did you?
1: Okay, I, I assume you said record. rocket. No, you record actually launcher. said record. Okay, I thought fully I must have a- missed automatic my, uh, record launcher. I, I didn't doubt record for a second
0: because I'm already <laughs> on this game. I, I I think I'm in this when, game's headspace. <laughs> This is a game where you're fighting mutants, zombies that were made that mutants, way by corporate mutants. soda. They're mutants. Yes, not in zombies, fact,
2: not the official corporate mutants. cover-up story. Because of course, there's a corporate cover-up story. Is that there's a zombie apocalypse? <laughs> they lied to cover their asses by calling. It, oh no, there's uh, there's infection out there. <laughs> Don't go there. <laughs> the the record launcher. When you shoot a, there are actually some some humans that you have to fight. You know, scavengers and whatnot. When you shoot them you can hear if you're close enough you can hear them say, Ow, that record is sharp (laughs) And then another gun you can get you can get a gun that shoots more guns that are on little toy helicopters.
0: Okay, the last time I heard a game get close to that level of absurd, it was the America in Saints Row Four.
1: <laughs> the America,
0: yeah, the America, which is a rocket. It's the America gun, which is a rocket-propelled grenade, chain gun, shotgun launcher, which has banner flags off the side, and whenever you draw it, it starts playing this. And there's fireworks. Yeah
1: you to remember, I've only gotten a little way into Saints 3 4 because ah. you were supposed to be playing it with me. You were supposed to have my back. You were supposed to be a Mahomi.
0: Hyrule Warriors <laughs> happened and took you away from me.
1: That happened a long time after you decided there were other more important things like university <laughs> and education and not letting down your group teams.
0: <laughs> By the way, three group work assignments. Fuck
1: off. <laughs> yeah, but no exams. So eat it.
0: Yeah, true. <laughs>
1: I'm sorry, speaking on behalf of everyone who's had to do a computer science exam for a degree that shouldn't have any fucking exams. And- <laughs> Thank I've you. been there too. This, rem-
0: this reminds me of Pendix when we were visiting the university, because Pendix, is- <laughs> Pendix is a civic engineer, and he's asking, where should I pick you up? And I said, I'm standing near the engineering building. He says, they're all engineering <laughs> buildings. You just borrow them. <laughs>
2: Sunset Overdrive is a really great game.
1: It seems to be making fun of every other video game that is afraid to be as much of a video it,
2: game it as it. Openly is it openly embraces that it's a video game. It's great. the The player character, yeah, uh, the, the, the trailer- player character trailer- whose name, by the way, canonically is Player, <laughs> they will have in the during the tutorial. They will have conversations with the narrator.
0: Hang on a second. Hang on a second. The player character named yes. Player. That's the name of the player character in Saints yes. Row Two. Is it? Oh. So Sunset Overdrive might well be... It's the
2: alternate... It's the alternate timeline. (laughs) An
0: alternate universe, Saints Row 2.
1: It makes as much sense as the Zelda timeline.
0: It makes as much sense as Saints Row 2. Oh.
1: (laughs) I would don't get in the way of my dissing on the cell timeline with your stupid Saints a joke. Eh, I'll be if some can. Moving
2: uh, on. <laughs> I re- I should have checked this beforehand, but I'm pretty sure that one of your uh, the the person who provides you with upgrades is also voiced by the same voice actor who does Pierce. Hey. <laughs> and seeing as this an apocalypse caused by an energy drink. Hmm.
0: <laughs> the, the 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 dominoes are all falling into place. <laughs> oh, no, clearly, no. Clearly, intertwined continuities of who gives a shit <laughs> in video games. <laughs> I used to say that that Saints Row Four was the most video game video game. When you
2: when you
1: you may have a contender. Uh, when
2: you load your your game in Sunset Overdrive, you just kind of drop into place in front of the camera. Then the player looks back, sees the camera is too close, so they punch it back into place.
0: <laughs> uh, the um. Actually, this, this is the thing in, uh, forgive me to go scholarly for a moment here, but in academic study, sorry, in an academic paper, someone referred to... incoming
1: made up word.
0: No, someone referred to Saints Row 4 as a video game about video games (laughs) about video games.
1: Oh, this was the the uh, YouTube channel. What's his name?
0: That wasn't Eric Signal, but you it, sure. Yeah, it wasn't okay. Chris Franklin, but it was uh, that that type of criticism. It appears that Sunset Overdrive isn't so satirical about. Like, it doesn't it doesn't do that whole rolling pastiche of different game types and different genre tropes. It appears to just be about taking the tropes <laughs> that make a video game and just having fun with them. Rather, than one of the the
2: first things that uh, they say to you is like, look, you could look at this the situation you found yourself in as, you know, it's the end of the world and everyone's going to die, or there's no job, there's nothing to worry about, all you do is go out and have some fun.
0: <laughs> <laughs> What's
1: I going to say? I had something intelligent to contribute. Ah, it's gone!
0: On a more cynical and jaded note, I'm kind of surprised that Sunset Overdrive came from the same studio that gave us Fuse.
1: <laughs> oh, seriously? Yeah. So that's where the sense of humor came from. Right? I don't Yeah. Well, it, it, look. It kind of reminds me of the first, like when when it was still called Overstrike of the yeah, Overdrive, which was over an interesting, strike. entertaining game. It's also mm. a it's
0: also a tangled continuity pile.
1: <laughs> well, fuse is a pile.
0: Fuse is a bit of a fucking pile.
1: Uh, what I was going to ask was, I you guys may have to help me out here. I'm trying to think of the last video game I can recall where the character actually conversed with the narrator, and I think it was. If it didn't happen in Monkey Island, then the last one I can remember is Discworld. There's got to have been something more recent than that.
0: I don't know about like I can't bring it to mind in any recent game. The Bard's
2: Tale remake. I can't Tale bring to mind.
0: Oh yeah, mm-hmm. Bard's Tale does it. Ah. Um. You can kinda. Make a case for that sort of thing happening in uh, the Levine style Bioshocks where the narrator ah. is. Yeah. Uh, but also,
1: I remember. I'm talking about like blatant fourth wall breaking, because it just. It's been ages since I've seen that.
0: There was a Lord of the Rings adventure role playing game on DOS, which was a top down game. Didn't look very good, but you would occasionally get the player character, your hobbit, look up at the screen, like tilt their head back to look up at you, and bicker with the narrator. <laughs> because the narrator was saying things like, the noble hero who will totally slay these three Nazgul. Are
1: you kidding me? <laughs> well, that's a bit uh, bit of a strikingly different tone from actual Lord of the Rings, but hey, yeah. uh, that would be older than what I'm thinking of, though.
0: Yeah, uh, but... Uh, it's, we're actually at a point where metatextually aware media is common enough that it's hard to pick out mm-hmm. individual examples. Like, Shadow Warrior, uh, uses, uh, Hoji and, as a narrator, and well, you bicker with Hoji all the time.
1: It's a different thing, though. We're talking about a disembodied narrator character.
0: Yeah, a genuine third Percy, third person omniscient narrator.
1: (laughs) Third Percy.
0: (laughs) Third Percy omniscient. Yeah, I'm just so good with wordsing.
2: (laughs) In Sunset Overdrive, the narrator is, of course, just called Tutorial Voice. And he makes everything nice. sound awesome.
1: <laughs> yeah, see, that's the kind of thing I'm thinking of. It's very common that games with a sense of humor these days will do some kind of, you know, genre savvy uh, comment on what's going on, but not really blatantly fourth wall breaky kind. You know, that's what's cool now. But that's why it's surprising to see something that's just like, nope, we're so doing nope, it the we're old fashioned way. video game. You either
2: like it or you don't.
1: Subtle it, commentary on the state of video games. There is nothing so. subtle it does feel in a little
0: nothing bit. subtle about Sensei Overdrive. <laughs> it does feel a bit like Watchdogs got eaten by Monkey Island and crapped out in rainbows.
1: <laughs> that that is a very interesting image to conjure.
0: <laughs> well, I, I'm just thinking about it because, like the the certain genres did have. Movements of particular styles, <laughs> FPSs were defined heavily by, uh, but by revenge fantasy in the early nineties, and then by militarism in the early two thousands. Uh, and we had point and click adventure games, which for a while there, they were generally about incompetent boobs managing to get their way through a fairly comic landscape.
1: It's true. I mean, point and clicks it, adventure games by the time they became point and clicks were almost entirely comedy
0: not almost entirely but the ones that were succeeding enough to be most of the landscape. Well, yeah,
1: sorry. The the ones that were remembered well and shaped the path of the main I think that,
0: yeah. Like even, I think that you
2: find uh go on, Jim. that kind of happened right around half-life when like shooters were getting a bit more story driven and they were finding ways to tell stories through other means besides just adventure games. Yeah. Yeah. I'm thinking like um, well not just like half-life for shooters and of course you had Final Fantasy VII, it north america and you had metal gear
0: solid
1: yeah Yeah, true
0: yeah they all happen in a pretty narrow window of time but i I,
1: adventure game morphed into something i want to say they all happen within a year
0: of each other i don't think that i I think that half-life and uh metal i think you are right with half-life and metal gear being really close to each other like i'm remembering something like a month period in 1999 where everything (laughs) went bananas but uh the adventure games that i'm thinking of are Actually, way earlier than that, like in computer terms, five years back at that point is mm-hmm. an enormous gulf because that's when you're talking LucasArts first getting their hands on CD audio games. That's when you're talking Day of the Tentacle getting full voice acting and Sam and Max hit the road setting records for scores because... And, and as, as an out-of-nowhere, unhyped game, just people played this game Went, this is hilarious, this is fantastic, I how would I improve this game? I don't think I would. Which, when you look back on how those games work, they're obtuse as hell. But you also,
2: (laughs) uh, like, this this bit between then and, say, uh, like, Grim Fandango was, like, 98, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, Grim Fandango. So between, like, those two
2: points in adventure games, you still had the the rifts, the rifts. Missed series,
0: missed. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> hmm, that's a good point. Oh
0: yeah, uh, I've been watching Let's Plays recently. One of them I saw was for a game called Normality, and a uh, conversation topic came up with a friend about the style of game it is. Normality is a really bad, like Wolfenstein level engine, two point five D point and click adventure game. And the conversation was, I don't remember any t- any you know low th- low effect three D adventure games that were any good. Like there was the Tex Murphy games, which were FMV. But Besides that, were there any that were any good? Like, hmm, hmm, hmm. I spent a whole day thinking about it, and then I, I went to talk to you about it, and then the second I pulled up your name on <laughs> Skype, it's an, oh, of course, mist.
1: <laughs> oh, that
0: <laughs> fucking mist.
1: <laughs> was it? Was that actually the style that the game was of Mist was rendered in?
0: Uh, by the time of Mist Two, they had movement; and you could actually. There were some.
1: I thought it was um in <laughs> ribbon. It was also like pre-rendered 3D models. Mist
2: had uh, pre-rendered 3D models. Yes.
1: Okay. Yeah,
0: but it was also a pre-rendered 3D model. It wasn't a case of we need this screenshot, so we'll we'll draw it using our 3D parts. It was actually we're going to build a model of the of the um, island, and then we're going to move around our camera and take pictures all around it to represent now, the path.
1: Like a, a night eleventh. That's the grand Facebook seventh guest.
0: Seventh guest. Seventh guest in the eleventh hour.
1: I played the 11th hour briefly on my PC when I was about... What would I have been? 12? Probably. What the
0: fuck? Uh, You were dealing with one of the most obtuse types of puzzle games in the horror genre where they were deliberately trying to make you feel alienated and confused... Bonus, that game was really, really badly optimized, which meant that there were timing-based puzzles (laughs) that rather than have an actual piece of software in them to tell them how long they needed to be timed, they just checked a CPU clock.
1: Oh, why did people... For what it's worth, I didn't so much feel alienated and confused as I just felt like cryptic crossword clues are written (laughs) by aliens.
0: Well, that's the thing. The game was trying to make you feel alienated, and instead you went, wow, this is weird and dumb.
1: Could, whose brain works like that? <laughs> well. It's like if I ate a description of logic and pooped it back out in random order and then tried to behave according to whatever I got. We're doing a lot of
0: poop jokes this episode.
1: <laughs> From my point of view, we're doing a lot of eating jokes.
0: Uh,
2: Sunset Overdrive, the fast travel uh, system, has you uh, passing out in the street and waking up in a, uh, in a porta a potty
1: <laughs> Oh, that's great. Is there is there any kind of like death or defeat? I was of- going
2: to mention that. Uh, you know, uh, talents oh, mentioned uh, non-punitive games before. You know, ones that you're not really yeah. p- punished uh, that much for failure. Yeah, Sunset Overdrive yeah. doesn't care if you fail. Um, so what
1: happens? You... <laughs>
2: uh, well, yeah. no, there's a bunch of different respawn animations. Like the the first time I died, I my character just drove back onto the scene in a DeLorean, and then Marty McFly hijacked it and took off back through time. <laughs>
0: That's a lot of effort for a
2: death No no that's animation. the respawn animation.
0: <laughs> yeah, but it's a lot of effort for that. <laughs> that is
1: that's such really a wonderful good. first and death. That's Every time
2: I've I've died in it, I've seen something new. One time my character dug her way out of the out of her grave as a zombie and then just turned back normal. <laughs> uh another time some of the uh the mutants just kind of tossed her out of a van. <laughs>
0: This is, this is really reminding me, weirdly, of that, that genre of screensaver, <laughs> like uh, Johnny Castaway, where you would sit there oh watching... Oh my
1: god, I remember that.
0: Yeah, you would sit here watching what was essentially a non-game, <laughs> just to see if you hadn't seen any of it before.
2: The, the best part about dying in oh, Sunset Overdrive, you almost never lose any progress. It respawns you at where you died. So,
0: and as far as accessibility options go, it's got good exit points, you can, you can stop playing It, it checkpoints all the time. <laughs> Sounds really good.
1: I'm imagining a DLC for that that's just more anime. <laughs> Well, I don't
2: know how many more there are. Like, I had another one where I just kind of crashed back into the ground in a rocket. There's
1: got to be one where they clone you or do like the, the $6 million man opening. <laughs> See, like,
0: with, with, um, with this whole system, I'm, I'm feeling like when you're talking about a game system that's like 600 bucks and wants to appeal to a mass market, these sorts of things, like exit points... And checkpoints and accessibility, that needs to be bedrock to what you do. You need to know how to do that and do that well. Um, was it Jetgrind who commented that
1: the game has colorblindness blindness as well?
2: I don't remember. I didn't check, so.
0: Ah.
1: Are you not sure who said it? Or are you not sure whether. I it was don't know game? if it was that.
2: I didn't
0: check myself. Yeah, uh, we we have friends who have colour blindness yeah. as well, so it's come up when some games very distinctly don't have colour blindness options, and that really sucks. So, who wants to do well, some yeah, retro gaming thing, news? It? Yeah. Sure. It's not Hyrule Warriors. It's not Sunset Overdrive. But the sooner we, the sooner I drag both of you through this podcast, the sooner you can get <laughs> back to both. <laughs> and now it's time for retro gaming news. All the news is pertinent for the month of June 2014.
1: Not Hyrule Warriors, but an incredible simulation. <laughs>
0: Alright, so this is going back one year only. This is stuff that in some cases we're kind of not even aware necessarily came out around now. you
1: say one year. One year. It's going to be my worst retro gaming news ever.
0: It probably will be, but
1: still. We really call it retro if it's only a year old. It's more like secondhand gaming news. It's old. (laughs) <laughs> it's gaming olds. Yeah. Yeah, well, I'm into that.
0: That's something we do with this podcast. We don't tend to talk about stuff that isn't out yet. We don't tend to talk about previews. like aside Well, from... you and
1: I almost never get things when they're new.
0: But also, we don't tend to be part of the hype machine. We tend to be more about let's enjoy thing we have. Which is why I think <laughs> that Fallout 4... The... Except
1: where in the hype machine involves Jeb.
0: Well that's the thing. Jeb is a hype machine. Jeb is in fact a towering golden 7-foot <laughs> tall hype elemental capable of cracking asunder depression with both hands. <laughs> <laughs> I have
2: I have I have studied under uh, a great hype teacher too. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Future uh, Zen, uh My friend, Zen Scissors. The one... Ah.
1: Yes. Oh, I thought you were just making a general claim, like, you know, I had a very wise master.
0: I studied the, me of in
1: the ways of hype,
0: hype.
2: Zen is the one who taught me about Killer Instinct. I have learned the ways of hype <laughs> through one song. <laughs> the TJ Combo theme.
1: Or something. I don't know. We should do a segment sometime that's like, when the hype was justified. That would be good.
2: Put all of your energy into the hype retrocute. <laughs> <laughs> Stay
0: a while, and hype. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We have an adventure game. Just the obscurity of an adventure game that actually came out in
2: 2020. That's not Kentucky Root Zero and not and Edge. Not,
1: not like an action adventure
0: game. Kind of action adventure, because let's face it, the video game industry can't wean itself off certain things.
1: Well, th- see, this is what I was going to say when you said an adventure game that came out I was like, yeah, g- which is like all games <laughs> Good <these>
0: point. <laughs> days. Uh, it's a triple A game release. It's a adventure game. It's a mystery game. Is it not?
2: Um, oh, Murdered Soul Suspect? A mystery
0: game, fair enough. Murdered Sole suspect a game which did the thief tailspin into the bargain bin. So I've fast. heard
2: interesting <laughs> things about that game, and I'd like to check it out
0: sometime. Hopefully, in the Steam sale, you'll see it crumble down to about ten to five bucks because it did not come through the review process well.
1: That's an awful choice of name. Well, the thing it? is, though, it yeah. really
0: is accurate because you're a soul- you're a ghost investigating
2: your own murder. Sole suspect. You're the only sure, suspect. But, you know, and you're the ghost.
1: When that was called Ghost Trick. And there was a ghost dog. Yes, was the but best. there's
2: more than one suspect.
0: You're not the sole suspect. The yeah, uh...
1: this is. This is the
0: thing about Murdered that stuck with me was that the copywriting about it was very triple A, in that it acted as if no game mm-hmm. ever had ever thought of this idea of a ghost investigating their own murder. Mm. I remember the day it released, I sat on Twitter and just listed various <laughs> games that featured ghosts investigating their own murder. It's like a subgenre. There was a Bruce Willis movie about this, it's not new. <laughs> Nonetheless, it is sadly a game that did not weather the review process well, so even if it is actually quite good and charming, it's kind of hard to know, because the people who love it aren't in a position to yell about it.
1: Charming is unlikely if it reviewed that badly. I mean, it might have merits, but if it was flawed but charming, that's probably what critics would have said about it. Like, you know, most people are willing to give a game some leeway if it's sincere or at least you know, doing what it's doing with enough enthusiasm. I think
2: it also depends on what else came out.
0: Yeah, that's true, and you'll find out about that later on, but it did score a 5 on Destructoid out of 10. And, you know, yeah, sure, sometimes you give a game a kicking because it's funny, but ouch. Anyway, we have a Windows release of a Flash game. This one is a bit of a gimme, I don't think Fox is even going to come close to it. A Heart the
1: House Town? Flash game.
0: That is, in fact, exactly it. The Windows release of Haunt the House, Terror Town. That's that is a big gimme because Jeb and I interviewed the dude who made it.
1: <laughs> <Duh>.
0: <laughs> Around this time last yeah, year, yeah, because the thing... <laughs> uh, there was that thing
2: that happened last year.
0: Yep.
1: This is rigged and man ethics in game retro news.
0: <laughs> the game is really cute, though. It is adorable. You're a, sp- you're a spooky ghost trying to get people to leave your haunted house alone.
1: I really like that idea. So, what's with it needing a Windows port if it was in Flash already?
0: Uh, in that it was actually being released on Steam as a game rather than as a Flash.
2: They had more. They added more stuff and, and more animations and, and more 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 skins for your cute little tiny ghost.
0: It's the nature of a lot of games these days, where like officially the first release of that game was January 2013, but it kept getting updated and changed and upgraded. Um, it's got an Year mm-hmm. release now, I believe. All right. Okay, we have a indie game on the PlayStation Network that was announced at E3.
1: That happens?
0: This was a real surprise in that Sony got up on the stage and said, and here's a new game we're going to be releasing. And by going to be releasing, we mean it's out now. It got no hype, it didn't get any attention until it literally came out at E3 and all these reporters were like, oh my god, a game we can play instead of previews to watch. This is
1: amazing. Uh-huh. <laughs> But only last year.
0: Only last year. Uh Oh. No. No. Uh. It's a sort of a rhythm game. It's reasonably non-punitive. Its central thematic is about the idea of a fish loving a bird.
1: Oh, it is that one. I'm not sure what it's called, but I I thought that was a lot older than just last year.
0: No. One year old.
1: Uh, What's it called?
0: It's called Entwined.
1: Ah.
2: Yeah, last year's, uh, last year's Sony conference actually had a, uh, included a uh, feature on, uh, indie games. I'm pretty sure that's when they had, uh, Mike Biffle want to talk about
1: Folio. Yeah. Well done to them for that. I mean, uh, it is one of the, I, I am always gonna like the Nintendo stuff best from any given game generation, oh, yeah. but indie stuff is where the other two have it all over them, so they really ought to, you know, pimp that out a bit. Well,
2: Microsoft also did a, yep. did a really nice show rule for, show reel for the for their uh, id and xbox at xbox last year's e3 but sony actually had more sony has more pro high profile indie coverage than microsoft does like i said they they, they snagged Mike Bethel's next
1: game
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah and and Mike Bithel is basically british indie right now like he's not the only name but he knows most of the people
1: well in indie games are like that most right. people know most people
2: thomas was alone listening
0: yeah <laughs> Tom, Thomas was alone was good enough that it attracted the attention of you know a real professional actor who wanted to do the voice acting. So,
1: was oh, that why the voicing is good? Yeah. <laughs> I wondered about that, actually. I was like, oh, either this game developer coincidentally had a perfect British narrator voice, or...
0: That's the voice of Wheatley from Portal. <laughs> to uh, awesome. to explain how
2: successful and how profile Mike Biffle's work has become, to announce Volume, his, his Robin Hood story, he rented a castle.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome.
2: In, I actually joked in, about, uh, I actually joked about him uh, when
0: he was doing a, a Q&A stream. In Rise of the Indies, the documentary that we watched in class featuring all these people I know, which was really <laughs> freaking eerie. They had name comes up flashing underneath it with games they've made or what they do. Like, you know, Christine Love, uh, Game Developer, Analog uh, Analog and Hate yeah. Plus. For Mike Bithell, it just came up, Mike Bithell, Developer.
1: <laughs> okay. I'm surprised they didn't name drop any of his games
0: I, I get the impression he was just game. Well he was only in it for like a tiny bit huh. It was just his 10 second noise clip of him saying The only thing I want a game to do Is to finance the next game <laughs> And apparently a castle <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, he, said, he always said He has five games he wants to make and Volume is the second game And I think he also said that he is currently Able to finance also game three and four
1: Nice <laughs> That is awesome. Also, I'm slightly terrified of the idea of there are only five games I want to make. I can't imagine only wanting to make five things ever. I I, I can't even make one thing at once.
0: I suspect five will be the opening of the great door and the beginning of all I, times, yes.
1: I dunno, man, if someone is willing to actually say that.
0: Well, some people some people have that very precise set of uh
1: yeah. That's yeah. what I'm saying, if someone says that, they probably fucking mean it, cause normally your dev would go, oh, there's so many things I wanna work on, but.
0: Looking at you, Jonathan Blow.
1: <laughs> yeah, if they, if they thought about it and said that, they're probably really fucking serious about that, I would look forward to seeing what happens. Well, I just
2: look at volume, and you see, he's certainly focused on what he's doing. Volume looks incredible, yeah. and that also has, uh, Mike Bethel will never, will never, uh, will never take credit for himself uh, because he's got such an amazing amazing team on uh, volume. Like, Daz Watford is doing a lot of the art, and he's amazing.
0: <laughs> yep. All right, then. Next game. This is a remake by another name, as it were. It is not an actual sequel. It's not connected to the original franchise, but it's quite clearly wearing its influences on its sleeve.
1: What, Freedom Planet?
0: No, but you're thinking in the right vein. It's an indie game that is the, that is meant to be, as it were, the next version of an existing franchise.
1: Oh, oh, no! I should uh, know this.
0: It is Young a Sisters
1: Tactical Xenonauts. Turn. Damn it!
0: Yes, Xenonauts.
1: Nope, apparently I don't know it.
0: Ha. it's
2: it's it's XCOM, but not XCOM. It's oh. more like XCOM.
1: Yeah. Which, I thought they actually made a good XCOM.
0: They did, but Xenonauts is also a really good XCOM. Fair enough. And See, XCOM
2: went- is a very
0: good XCOM game,
2: but it's not an XCOM game. Xenonauts, on the other hand, is very much an XCOM
0: <laughs> For what it's worth, Jeb is fucking with you.
1: No, I, I understand. You're speaking as someone who hopes to make a Fire Emblem game. True. obviously not going to be a Fire Emblem game.
0: Yep. Yeah, uh, I totally understand this. The the uh the 2013 XCOM game is basically a a secondary genre to the original XCOM: Terror from the Deep and XCOM: Enemy Unknown. Way back in the early nineties, Xenonauts is much closer to their DNA.
2: It has a lot more. It has all the like the the, the, the base management and the you know you have squads all over the world.
1: Fair enough.
2: You have much larger squads and much more difficult gameplay.
1: Yeah, I was going to say it's also
0: kind of hard as a coffin nail. <laughs> if Isn't you the don't... actual sequel also? No, the actual sequel can be made hard. Oh, Xenonauts does not have time for you to decide you want to play at that difficulty. Oh,
2: oh it has difficulty settings. Yeah, but but it's but still the if one, you... It's still
0: really hard. If you
2: don't, if if you slack off. You are going to struggle. If you start losing the air the uh the air bat the air war, the airspace war in Zenlots, you might as well give up. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That is one of the problems I do have with Xenonauts in that it doesn't, in that it's possible to drag out into a unwinnable state without actually being unwinnable. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's. I, I feel that more games should have an ejection mechanism of like, look, you can't win from here. We're not going to drag it out.
1: <laughs> That's on at the least other. How you spiral downward fast enough that you get the idea.
2: On the other hand, narratively it works really well. Yeah, mm. because it gives you the sense that okay, I don't think I can win this, but I'm going to keep trying. <laughs>
0: That's true, and that is a very uh, Humans versus Aliens kind of story. And as I say, games are machines that make stories.
1: Yeah, I suppose.
0: Alright, it's another small indie game. Is it It another
2: one I reviewed?
0: I don't think you reviewed this one. I'm pretty sure you didn't. Uh, However, you have written about the engine used to make this game's art.
2: (laughs) Oh, so it's uh, Chattelite?
0: No, no, you're close uh, Is it,
2: uh, Great War, Valiant Hearts?
0: It's Valiant Hearts, The Great War, yeah. <laughs> this is just Gem running up the score at this point. That was indie? Uh, it was an Ubisoft second, it like, it's it sold as an indie game. It cost 15 bucks. Huh. It was made with a small team.
1: Then it was sort of double A ish.
0: You could consider it that, yeah, that's a fair thing.
2: Um. Uh, what Ubisoft did was, uh, when they were, in, they were, uh, this is the case of, with, uh, with, with Valiant Hearts. Uh, when they were, hyping up their new engine that they were using for uh, the Rayman. Movies. They hired several artists, just various kinds of artists. They hired a graffiti artist. They hired an ink, art, an ink artist. They hired, etc. Yeah. And they each got to play around. Uh, keep in mind, these aren't necessarily computer artists. They just gave them the, the UV yeah. art tool set to create something. And Valiant Hearts actually was one of those creations that ubisoft then turned into their their second tier release
1: huh
0: it's That's pretty it cool kind of shows in how valiant hearts goes together in that valiant hearts kind of feels like there were two different games at yeah work there.
1: i've heard about this the kind of jarring tone switch
0: like one of them is basically an indiana jones movie and another one is a knockoff of Schindler's list then they're, they're <laughs> really bleak in the second half yeah all right then well let's see if fox has a chance of guessing this one before jeb knocks it out of the park god damn it If it's not Loom, loom? I'm screwed. (laughs) It's not... (laughs) No, it's a platform game.
1: Uh, My next guess was going to be Hyrule Warriors.
0: No, but it is on the same platform as Hyrule Warriors.
1: Oh, is it new Super Mario World three whatever the new one is.
0: No, and for what it's With worth the cats. when it comes to a Mario Brothers game, I will always accept it's one of the Mario Brothers games. <laughs> Mario
1: Mario Mario number something. <laughs>
0: because the names they give those games are convoluted to the point where I have a like I have this <laughs> I,
1: I have know. this printed out in
0: front of me. I don't and yet I still have a hard time reading. No, it is not a Mario game. It is, however, a game that recently made a little bit of news in that two thirds of its sales have come from Nintendo platforms.
1: Oh, so it's not exclusively on Nintendo? No,
0: it's not. So it's not
2: Sonic Boom. Okay.
0: No, it's not Sonic (laughs) Boom.
1: Two-thirds of its sales have come from idiots. Just just idiots.
0: Just the worst, people. Just the worst. <laughs> no.
1: Really sad fans who can't let go.
2: I would buy Sonic Boom.
1: Yeah,
0: and, and if you are enjoying Sonic Boom, please don't let us dunking on the idea of Sonic <laughs> Boom existing. Marsh, what you have out of that game. Clearly my, it's working for you.
1: I will say this. My
2: current Steam name is Sonic Boom 2 starring Bubsy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I will say this. I played the demo of the 3DS. Sonic Boom, which did not seem to suffer from any of the awfulnesses of the Wii U version. Uh, I don't know if the full version is any good, but you know what I played was pretty good. I, I would play it if I had the game. Mm-hmm.
2: I would so, say watch the cartoon.
1: <laughs> fair,
2: the please cartoon watch so- the cartoon.
1: Totally fair. <laughs> the
0: cartoon has that feel of being made by fans of Warner Brothers.
2: <laughs> <laughs> one of the one of the episodes has Robotnik getting ha- having to having to be Sonic's roommate for a
1: while. Yes. Yeah, because he gets
0: kicked out by his robots.
1: <laughs> it's, it's like, you know how back in the day there was the serious Sonic cartoon and there was the silly Sonic cartoon? And the silly mm-hmm. one was just dumb as fuck? Mm-hmm. It's, you know, basically like if they took that and went, okay, let's make it actually funny this time. <laughs> like, actually funny. <laughs> you put some jokes in there and stuff.
0: Alright, this game is designed to evoke a almost sonic era style of visual but not quite.
1: It's
0: this game wears all of its influences on its sleeves. It's an
1: indie thing. It
0: is an indie thing.
1: Okay. Yeah, pretty sure you can't Why get are a you of trying? It on a Wii
0: U, though. I think Jeb knows what I'm <sighs> talking about and he's trying to let Fox take a swing.
2: <laughs> you could this say is, it's inspired this come you could this say it's I'm inspired being to more by say uh Mega Man?
0: Yeah, there's Mega Man influences, there's DuckTales influences. A
2: lot of DuckTales influence.
0: Lots of DuckTales. Um it's really quite hard. You want to buy it? They <laughs> seem to think I know what this is. Well, you've expressed the, interest in the game.
2: The character model is the 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 hitbox is rectangular, it's horizontally oriented. So it makes for a little bit interesting a little bit more unusual
0: physics. This game has a tomato crossed with a trout that gives you magic spells okay okay okay
1: uh, have you been speaking to some other version of me it's Shovel Knight it's Shovel Knight oh I don't know shit about anything I didn't know Shovel Knight was a platformer for starters holy shit (laughs) I haven't
0: played it I thought you'd seen the video with me I'm very sorry
1: no cha fucking tomato cross with a truck no seriously (laughs) I believe But why the hell did you think I would know that of all things?
0: Because it's the kind of thing that sticks in your memory when someone says, hey, that's the video game which has the tomato crossed with a trout. King Tomato. Yes! (laughs) And they do a dance for you. Alright, alright. We have a old school style RPG, but it was a new game. It's Got a franchise name in it, but not a lot of connection to its own franchise. The previous game in the franchise featured a jetpack wearing dragon.
1: I don't know, some crap. <laughs> I'm not playing anymore,
0: <laughs> Jeb.
1: It's bedtime, and they've embarrassed me with trout tomato <laughs> bullshit.
0: <laughs> but yes, you're saying Jeb. I uh, think you know what this is.
2: Jetpack wearing
0: dragon. Yeah.
1: I didn't know there was a sequel to that.
0: It's not a sequel. It's just in the same franchise by the same developers. In fact, the uh, game... If it's in
1: the same franchise, how is it not a sequel?
0: Well, it's because it's got the name. It's got an element of the name in it. Um, the In fact, the game with the Dragon Jetpack was actually rushed out the door to finance this oh, game.
2: Oh, uh, it's, uh, it's one of the Divinity games.
0: Yes, Divinity Original Sin. Yeah, that one. Which was a success. That's old school. the The game itself plays like an old school RPG. It's, it's very much
2: game. like a Baldur's Gate sort of thing.
0: Yeah, it, indeed, they cited as their influences in designing the game Baldur's Gate 2 and Arcanum. And the magic system is broken as hell, but really interesting.
2: <laughs> much like Arcanum.
0: Yeah, you get to you get to do spell effects like, oh, hey, I've spread water on these people, and now I'm going to electrocute it. All right, all right.
2: There are times when it's a bit
1: too set piece, like. This gaming news was not nearly retro enough.
0: It's true. It was inadequately retro for Fox. It's entirely and,
1: <laughs> too hard. And it landed
0: smack in the period where Jeb was doing event coverage. <laughs> Alright, right, all right. That's, that's all for retro gaming news for now. Well, I have one tiny cool actual piece of actual news.
1: I'm not sure if actual news is allowed on this actual podcast. I
0: know, but um, you're familiar with Riot Games. <laughs>
2: they make League of Legends?
0: Yeah, the League of Legends people. Okay. The ones who at one point had to release a video explaining why teamwork was a good thing in a team-based game. Did they do it in, like, a 50s pub, like, uh say
1: sort of thing? No, no they, they should have like really they, they did, so should have.
0: But they did it as this as an attempt to sound, you know, using their own lingo, like, you know, more teamwork, oh, yeah. more gg Teamwork
1: is OP, I remember. Yeah,
0: teamwork OP. Yeah. It, it, by the way, it took literally 6 hours before that entire video was directly parodied with the with voiceovers using slurs. So, that's the League of Legends community for you.
1: Ah, stay classy, guys. And that- See, I didn't know who Riot Games were, because League of Legends is a thing I don't want to touch. Yeah. Sorry, I'm sure it's great fun for the people who play it, but between the player base and the fact that I'm not good at those kinds of games to begin with, that is just miles off my radar.
0: However, I have a friend, Cass, who is big into watching esports. She cares about League of Legends as a competitive sport to watch. And I learned some magical things about it today. Specifically, I learned that you can get infractions now with the newly revised Code of Conduct Mm -hmm. for homophobic slurs. That's good. And transphobic Mm -hmm. slurs. Mm -hmm. And if you do, they fine your team.
1: Ooh, that's a good (laughs) idea.
0: And at the end of the tournament, they gathered up all that fine money for homophobic slurs and transphobic slurs gave it
1: to a
0: and distributed it to LGBT charities awesome. uh, through, not G-L-A-O-D, uh, but basically actually good charities for queer teens and the like. So that was cool on the front. $30,000. Oh. Jesus. So these fines were not small. <sighs> There oh. were way too many of them.
1: See, I, I was thinking they probably were small and there were just shit tons of them.
0: There were teams that apparently, by dint of behavior, hosed themselves out of any prize money. Like, they did well. But it's like, yeah, great, you did well. But because you were enough of a jerk, while you were doing well, you're walking home with a bill. <laughs>
2: that's
1: wonderful oh, well done then that is yeah i mean that's what you need to do to eradicate that kind of bullshit from your professional events and them for doing it
0: here's the tiny aesthetic note about this it's not called an infraction of the code of conduct uh-huh it is called a violation of the summoner's code the
1: summoner's code.
0: Yeah, it's written up as the Summoner's code.
1: First, do you no know, harm. Huh? And you
0: open. And when, it, when it comes to the infractions, it's like at this time, upon this date, in the match of the something or other, in the map of blah blah blah, with these cohorts about him, such and such did do did violate the Summoner's code in this way. And I read these in reports, and I'm like, these are terrible, uh, but they're awesome. They're gonna
2: they're gonna have. The Think about that: is they're gonna have all this fancy speech about him. it's gonna be like, and lo. Weed Goku sixty nine sixty nine XXX <laughs> <X> didst say
1: <laughs> Weed Lord Boner Hitler didst use the <laughs> T word. Good old Weed Lord
0: Boner Hitler. You can always rely on him on showing up in the worst places. <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah. And by the way, there's also a there's a, a documentary about League of Legends called I think it's play. And it's this really hard Scrabble, you know, kid from the streets. It's your classic sports drama story, and it actually happened. It's a documentary, it's not a dramatization. And it works out as this, you know, follows the full arc, and the guy involved is apparently a really sweet dude, and it's all great. The thing is, his handle is Cuddle Kitty. So you have these people trying to give this very serious interview, and you can tell the people who are so into the game, they don't even realize the nonsense coming out of their mouth, and they say, oh yeah, I'm terrified every time Cuddle Kitty comes down the alleyways. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. By the way, hard Scrabble is that where they take a finger for every tile you have? For? <laughs>
0: That's when if you call the judge and it's not a and it's not an infraction, they take your hand. We
2: Sorry. saw you. Re- we saw you reaching into the bag for another letter.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, what's that? It's a flipped over tile. You cheating son of a! Yes, my mum did that once.
1: I think that's got to be the oldest trick in the book. Yeah. Sorry, I'll I'll just come back onto the microphone so I'm not sounding like I'm speaking from the hallway.
0: (laughs) But yeah, so, tiny little note. On the one hand, homophobic player base say some horrible things. On the other hand, holy crap, that's a lot of kicking they got for it.
1: Yeah, good. Kick them some more. (laughs) Keep kicking them until they go the fuck away.
0: or or improve their behavior. I will accept that. I'm willing to
1: forgive. Yeah, yeah. Well, okay. When I say go away, I mean not be a thing anymore. I don't mean that player has to go away forever. I mean that, the behavior. The, the identity that thought it was okay to say that. Go away. Yeah.
0: There's also a Steam Summer Sale going on. If the phrase Steam Summer Sale doesn't make you just intensely tired.
1: <laughs> Fuck hemispheres advertising. Fuck it, I say. <laughs> Actually, previous Steam summer sales, I seem to recall, they actually redid the banner for Australia.
0: They had on the bottom of the screen an upside-down version of the same banner.
1: That's right. With
0: the winter sale.
1: It's like a small concession. It still pisses me off that everyone still says, Ah, oh, all this Northern Hemisphere-centric stuff, like people talking about summer blockbusters and, you know. But slated for release in Fall 2015. When the fuck is that, you asshole? <laughs> <laughs> Just, Just say a month. Just say third quarter. I don't care. Don't say... All. <laughs> Dex,
2: well, then Dex you get the question of: Are we talking, you know, the, the actual calendar third quarter? Are we talking? Uh, are we talking fiscal third quarter?
0: Are we talking American fiscal third quarter? Are we talking Australian fiscal third we're talking quarter? Talking calendar third quarter, quarter because one.
1: then we don't have to ask those questions.
0: Ah, so we're talking a Western calendar and not the calendar used in Indonesia, India. Oh, I, I'm getting a look. Okay. Uh, anyway, just um. <clears throat> I, I personally don't feel a need to rush out and do anything silly based on the Steam Summer sale. The whole, oh, my poor wallet, you know, the Steam sale harassed me into buying stuff. It, Does it
1: contain Hyrule and or Warriors?
0: No.
2: There are warriors.
0: But I was going to say there is some stuff that's worth popping on your wish list because I know that it does drop cheap during the Steam Summer Sale. And if it does, it's probably worth your time picking up even for a later play. Uh, Like Fallout New Vegas Ultimate Edition. That's New Vegas with all the DLC. If you get that for less than $5, you, that's a lot of really good stuff. It's a lot of play time for your money. It's worth it. Uh, Kentucky
2: Road Zero has a tendency to drop to around 50% off during the seasonal sales, and it's worth three times 50% off, so.
0: (laughs) Yep. Uh, Child of Light dropped down to under $5 at one point. Chances are it will do that again. Uh, For the particularly big publishers, they actually do a cycling thing where they'll drop the price low at one point then they'll drop it to the same price again a couple of days later during the summer sale so there'll be people who are like oh no i missed it and then i'll snap it up definitely the next time it's slightly conniving but it does give you more opportunities yeah. to get things you might want
1: you could look at it as being conniving or you could look at it as actually giving you a second chance which i probably would
2: i picked up mid hog for myself and my and for allison for three dollars total so
1: yeah
0: um, also um, uh, Nina's Not Nina's game Specifically Because there's Lots of games Is Nina's it, like Ender's game? Um, no <laughs> No No <laughs> uh, Nina's game If that was a thing Would be far more Queer friendly um, No uh, Brain fade uh, Starbound Starbound. Oh, yes, okay. Starbound, which is one of those perfect games to, to pick up for cheap and, you know, muck around with over the course of a year. That's usually going to dip down below ten bucks at this point.
1: I just realized there is a thing that's changed in Hyrule Warriors since I carried on about it last week. Yeah? Which is I bought the DLC. Oh, yeah.
0: Is, it, <laughs> is the DLC worth it?
1: Uh, you have not seen a giant boss kill until you've seen Pona jump off a dinosaur's forehead. <laughs>
2: That sounds almost as good as Metal Gear Rising Revengeance.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah it, it's pretty great. The, the horse is one of the sillier things in the game, but, you know, hey, game is here to be silly, whatever. Also, Truffaut Midna, who is awesome.
0: Um, Naginata Impa as well.
1: Uh, I think the Naginata is part of the core game. Oh, okay. Um, there's there's multiple weapons for a bunch of characters you can unlock during normal play, and then there's a couple who get ooh and uh, ocarina style chic costume for chic, which is also rad. Nice.
0: Also, one little indie game that's worth paying attention to in the Steam sales, which will almost certainly come down into the cheap ranges. That's just really charming. Uh, the marvelous mistake.
1: I saw that.
0: It's a stealth game. There is a chance it won't roll onto the main page because it's just very low-key compared to the others. But it's really sweet. It's very stylish. It has great music. Give it a look. Watch the trailer. You will probably f- know if you want it from there. <laughs> you get to play a stylish girl cat burglar with a big hat, nicking things from a museum.
1: <laughs> I will consider any indie game with a sufficiently good pun in the title.
0: Ha, also on the surprise uh just just a surprised detail like I I wouldn't have expected this given what we know of the history of this game but uh Kingdoms of Amalur Reckoning is sitting at 5000 plus reviews <laughs> And those reviews aggregate to <laughs> very positive, which means 95% of them are a thumbs up.
1: Remind me what Kingdoms of Amalur is?
0: Todd McFarlane Designing Dragons.
1: Uh. I out. Like, it's it's a good-looking
0: game. I don't think it's necessarily bad. I'm just surprised that a game that bombed so hard...
1: Wait, Todd McFarlane or Todd Lockwood? Todd McFarlane. Uh, yeah. Meh. Nah, Meh. Yeah. Nah. He ruined Soul Calibur. Uh...
0: Kingdoms of Amour Reckoning was meant to be a big franchise. That's why they called it Kingdoms of Amour. They thought the first game would be called Reckoning, and the next game would be called, I don't know, Cookery. But the point is that they really thought they had a franchise game here, uh, and that company folded so hard, the state of Rhode Island now owns that franchise.
1: Oh, it's that game!
0: Yeah! <laughs> Kurt Schilling really didn't know what he was doing when it came to that. Yeah, that was a, a baseball guy, wasn't it? Uh, yep. Yeah. Wait, One so of the was Badly
1: handled, and yet it's still overwhelmingly positively reviewed. Yeah. Well, nobody bought it.
0: This thing
1: really weird. As an odd little combination. It also wasn't very good. A, it wasn't very good. No. So it's it just wasn't. weird that it's overwhelmingly positive. Then I think it's
2: because all the people reviewing it on Steam got it for cheap.
1: Ah. And that's I a haven't... whole
2: lot different than when you get
0: it for sixty dollars, like I did.
1: Yeah, you sort of have to. You sort of have to disregard price when you're talking about game reviews.
0: The the stone coldest thing I've heard said about Reckoning was it's the best looking Two Worlds Two mod.
1: Ooh, <laughs> God, that's a bit of a kick in the dick, isn't it?
0: Well, like Two Worlds Two's main complaint was it's kind of generic, so. Ugh.
1: I thought the main complaint with Can, Two Worlds 2 was that it was, you know, just as janky as the first one, but not remotely it, as much fun.
2: It's not. It's not janky at all. It's very, very oh. average.
1: Okay. They they polished it up and everything.
2: Mm-hmm. It's very average. They got rid of all the, the edges that made it, you know, interesting. Ah well. They worked really hard at cleaning up all the bits that, that kept it from being average and then wound up being average. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh, that's a really depressing way to describe it. But I see what you mean. It
0: brings us back to Jeb's regularly repeated point: rather see something that aims for the stars and misses, than aims for the ground and hits. And I think that Sunset Overdrive is an example of doing that.
1: <laughs> I well, it, it, could aim, go it aims for the ground.
0: It aims
2: for it aims for the sky and hits something.
1: <laughs> You're it right. Aims and- for your face. And hits your face. (laughs) It does. (laughs) Which actually is probably just about what I want in a game.
0: (laughs) You want a game to shoot you in the face?
1: (laughs) Okay, I appreciate aiming high, but not necessarily more than aiming medium high. Like... Doing ambitious stuff is important, but the games I like best are often the ones that do familiar stuff better.
0: I'm finding that something I'm really appreciating in games is fingerprints. I'm really liking when I can play a game and get a vibe for the people involved, the things they value. So big game productions are often really bad for that, because yeah. you have enough people passing a game around that it becomes very generic. And when you d- and the person you can construct out of what they've given you is often kind of odious. Like, just just an example. If Watch Dogs was a game developed by one person, first things first, holy shit! Well done, sir or madam. That's incredible. But second to that, you're okay with pre-crime. You don't understand how hacking works. You've got this really wonky relationship with the Gibson-style hacking culture. All the women get stuffed in the fridge, and this main character's a bit of a tosser. So... Small projects where you can get a very good feel for the developers help a lot. Um,
1: Yeah, well, trying to get an idea of a developer from anything AAA is not going to work out. Yeah. Like, unless it's a AAA connected to an auteur, like, you can blame Ken Levine... (laughs) Right. uh, ...for most of what you don't like about Bioshock, and that's legit, but, you know, for less prominent stuff, like, you know, there is no personality behind most of the AAA games. I did feel that... you
2: could certainly, like, you could say this, like, you know, uh, Souls game or Bloodborne is definitely a Miyazaki game.
0: Yeah. um, I did feel that... This this is going to sound weird because he was basically voice talent, but I did feel that Brutal Legend was a very very Jack Black game. I don't know if he had Mm -hmm. any decision-making ability on it, but it just felt very much like him. For good or for ill.
1: Well yes but that would have been because it was designed to feel like him because yeah, they probably. had his identity to attach to it.
0: Mm-hmm. And and then you're left with a question of are are double fine triple A or are they double A or are they these Weird, nebulous. They're probably
1: double A, aren't they? I mean, they're technically indie, but they're not working on an indie budget. It's really,
0: they? it's really hard to classify them. They haven't been swallowed by anyone too enormous, so we don't call them triple A yet. But they well, do... when I say
1: indie, like they are technically an independent studio, right? They're not owned by anyone else. I don't believe
2: they're
0: owned so by so owned. Is Valve. <laughs> yeah,
1: but they're big enough that wait, no, they don't own anyone else, do they?
0: In double fine, no, no Valve. Oh, Valve? Uh, not really. No. They kind of virtually do by dint of owning Steam, and therefore a whole bunch of indie <laughs> developers are beholden to them, and they're effectively a publisher.
1: Yes. That's fair. So, so
2: again, going back to Brutal Legend for, for a moment, that was, of course, published by Electronic Arts, so.
0: Yeah.
1: Which makes it so weird to see it in the indie box. Why? <laughs> Wait, that's being classed as indie. Yeah, uh, I give up trying to work out what the fuck is supposed to be indie or not anymore.
0: Yeah, this was something that came up in the uh, in my, one of my essays. I had to try and define triple A game and indie game. <sighs> hmm. The best definition, like the smallest, most concise definition I could come up with in academic language for triple A <laughs> game, was three hundred words.
1: Well, AAA is going to be like you can you can make a pretty convincing argument for indie. Not everything that's cold indie is going to fit into it, but you could at least draw a clear line and it would be a reasonable one to draw. Yep. Whereas AAA, ah, not so much. It's just one of those you-know-what-it-is-when-you-see-it kind of things. Yeah. Like how we identify game genres most of the time. Uh, we know it's an action-adventure game. How do we know? Well, we just, you know, you know, when you play it, you know.
0: It's action adventure
1: It's action adventure This um, one is role-playing-y.
0: The term I used in the essay was an occlusion of common traits not every AAA game has this stuff in common but if you draw a continuity from one end to the other they connect thank you very much for listening to the Downloadable Concept Podcast that's been Jeb that's been Fox
1: and I've been away from Highway Warriors for far too long later nerds
0: (laughs) beautiful stopping record (laughs) saving the file
2: don't forget to say something witty. Say something about Hyper Warriors.